Before we dive in, I wanna let you know about this amazing guide I've put together for you called Be Your Own Boss, the step-by-step guide to nailing down your niche, creating your first offer, and launching your dream business. If you're a new entrepreneur or you've been thinking about starting your business but you're not quite sure where to start or maybe you're not getting the clients you want, this guide is for you. Head to bit.ly slash startmybiz2020 or you can just look below this episode and click the link in there. All right, on to the show. Welcome, welcome to episode six of the story behind the journey. Today we are talking about one of my absolute favorite things, which is how to pivot. In the last episode, we talked about five ways to start making money online right now. And one of the things we talked about was being able to quickly make decisions and abandon what isn't working, otherwise known as pivoting. As of right now, we are recording this during COVID-19 and living in these times, I feel like this is especially true. And This has become a bit of a hot button topic. To be honest, I don't feel like I ever heard anyone use the word pivot before. And now everybody is using the word pivot, but it's for good reason. It's because now more than ever, being able to pivot has been the difference between, you know, businesses surviving or businesses thriving versus having to shut down. It all comes down to their adaptability and their infrastructure and the setup. And there is no doubt that this is a really hard time for everybody, whether you're a small business or you work for another company. It's tough and it is tough in a unique way to every person. And that really can't be understated. But the thing I want to talk about today is how pivoting has really made a huge difference in my life and my career and how it can make a huge difference in yours not just now, but moving forward as well. Because let me tell you, pivoting, it's here to stay. Like whether we are going through a pandemic or not, knowing how to pivot is going to be the difference between success and staying stuck. I fully, fully believe that. One of my favorite quotes around this, and I don't I don't know that they were thinking about pivoting when they said this, but, and I have no idea who said it either, is what got me here won't get me to where I want to be. I love that quote because I know it's been true for me that you get very comfortable doing the same thing every day or using the same strategies. And I think we sort of get it in our head that because we've gotten as far as we have, whatever that looks like for you, that this must be a good strategy. But I think it's a really sobering reminder that while that might have gotten us to this point, if we want to go to the next level we're going to have to change it up. What got us here will not get us to that next level. You know I'm an examples girl, so I thought it would be helpful if I shared with you some of my own pivots, the things that I've been trying lately. There have been a couple things I've done. So to give you a little bit of background, if you're not familiar, my business that I started six years ago is a PR company that works with emerging musicians. So we work with a lot of musicians that are just starting out. They they definitely don't have a label yet. They probably don't have management. They're really just getting their footing. And so one of those first steps once they've recorded an album is to hire somebody to do a PR campaign, which means that we're getting them interviews and we're getting them reviews and we're just getting their story and their music out there. And listen, good PR is not cheap. Our campaigns can range anywhere from $500 on the low end to $1,200 on the high end. And honestly, $1,200 is actually still on the lower end for PR. There are a lot of PR firms that are charging double that. 
But still, it's a lot of money, especially for musicians that usually are not making money from their craft yet. And so when COVID-19 hit, we had to change the way we did things because it was not very likely that we were going to get a lot of these emerging musicians who now didn't have gigs to pay the bills or were laid off from their nine to five, they were probably not going to be able to do a $1,200 a month PR campaign. And so we did a couple different things to get scrappy. Inside the PR company, one of the things we did was we started offering these flex campaigns. So normally we're very strict about the fact that our rate, our lowest rate is $500 a month. And for that, you get, you know, XYZ. But when COVID hit, instead of sticking to that and sort of being prideful about it, we went, okay, our community needs us now. They're still releasing music. They're still trying to build these careers. What can we do to help them? And so we started doing what we're calling flex campaigns, which is that we ask them what their budget is, which I think is very important. We don't wait and tell them, here's what we can do. We say, what's your budget? And then we figure out what we can do for that. So if somebody comes to us and they say, our budget is $100 versus somebody who comes to us and says, our budget is $50, well, the options that we offer them are totally different. And they're definitely, they're a lot less than what we would do for a normal campaign because we're working with a smaller budget. But that has been our way of continuing to show up and serve our community while still being able to bring money into the business. And there's no shame in that. Knowing how to pivot and adjust to the times is incredibly important. And while this is not something I would probably do during normal times, I'd probably stay very strict about this is what our rate is. This is not normal times. And so it's okay to do. And I would even say when you're just starting out, this is okay to do. I know I did this when I was just starting out. When I first started the PR company, we did stuff like this all the time where we would say, what's your budget? Okay, here's what I can do for that. And so for those of you that are just starting out, or maybe you started your business a while ago, but you're kind of finding yourself in the same position of like, people aren't able to pay what they used to be able to pay, but I still need to make money. I still want to show up for them. I still want to serve them. Doing something like this is a really great way to sort of check all those boxes where you can help them and still bring in money and still build your community. And we found a lot of success with it. So I do highly recommend it. Another thing I did was I started to put a lot of energy into my membership site. I started this membership site, same audience for emerging musicians back in February. And it was my way of having a super low cost option for musicians to work with me. Because all my one-on-one work through the service-based side of the business, like I said, the lowest rate is usually $500 a month. So I wanted to have a way that musicians could work with me through masterminds and that they could also get connected to industry influencers, people that could get their music in the right places. And so I put together this membership site and I made the cost. I think initially it was something crazy low, like $10 a month. And then as we grew, um, it was about $15 a month, which is still super low. When everything hit with COVID-19, I started putting a lot of emphasis on promoting that. So I started putting a lot of emphasis on promoting that because it was such a low-cost option, and a lot of musicians who might not otherwise be able to afford other services but knew that they wanted to stay in the game, knew that they wanted to keep releasing music or building their network, I wanted them to have an option to do that. And so one of the things that we've been doing is when we have new artists come to us and they say something like, well, my budget is only, you know, $15 a month or $20 a month. Now I have an option where I can say to them, that's fantastic. Have you checked out this membership? I think this membership would be great for you because, and then I tell them all the reasons 
that they specifically can get a lot out of it and how it applies to their unique situation. Now, this brings up a whole other thing, which is, is a membership right for you? That, again, whole other podcast episode. But I just wanted to mention that having that low-cost group option can be a really great way to pivot and still serve. So for you, it might be a membership, but it also might just be group coaching or um, check-ins through Voxer. We do that as well, where we have this option that's $30 a month, and they can check in with us on the Voxer app. And I love that option because it's a great way for them to keep in touch, but I'm not tied to any schedule. I don't have to answer at any certain time. I find having to do things at set times very stressful. Like, I hate meetings. (laughs) I don't like having to have a phone call. I don't like having to stay on the phone. I don't really like having to do anything. I very, very much value the freedom of being able to make my own schedule. And so doing something like having someone pay $30 a month and get coaching to me through Voxer, where I check in maybe once or twice a week for 10 minutes, is totally doable for me because it respects the freedom I want and it pays me for my time. And it also works for them because they get a low-cost option that gives them access to me. So just something to consider. Another option is putting together a workshop. So workshops can completely range in cost. Normally, you would probably charge $100 or so. Because of the times we're in, I made mine $27 because I knew I would be able to get more bites with that. And honestly, sometimes it makes more sense to have a lower cost and have more bites than a higher cost and less bites. So for me, that made sense. But of course, depending on your audience, your experience, your topic, you can make it whatever you want. So I created this workshop that I was giving to my membership members for free. And then I offered it to the public for $27. So if they joined the membership, they got it for free. If they didn't want to join the membership, they could just buy this workshop for $27. And it was a workshop that was very relevant to what they were going through right now, which was all about how they could start to make money online with their music. And I catered it to them. I very much tailored it to them. It was so good. It was such a good workshop. And it was very popular. Like the membership members liked it. People that were not in the membership bought it. It was a very popular option. And that was a really great way for me to start to bring new people into my world while also bringing in a little bit of extra cash. And by the way, I did actually end up redoing that workshop and making it specific to entrepreneurs and people that are starting their online business or just starting to get their feet wet thinking about leaving their nine to five and starting their online business. So if you are interested in that, you can check it out for that same $27 at angelamastrogiacomo.com slash courses, and you'll see it right there. So think about doing something like that too. Think about what you might be able to offer, what your audience needs right now, and then just run a quick one or two hour workshop where you teach for about 45 minutes and then you take questions. Questions are a great way to fill up time and your audience also loves them. I always find that that's the part that students seem to love the most is when they feel like they have that one-on-one access to. And by doing something like this where it's a group thing, so there are a lot of people, um, it's not necessarily individualized attention, but they are getting their questions answered, they are getting this information. It allows you to charge less because you're not working one-on-one, but it allows them to feel like they are getting that one-on-one time with you. So I think it's a really, really great option. And I always like to pull out workshops when I feel like, ah, I'd like to make a little bit of extra cash right now, but I don't have a ton of time to throw into it. Workshops are a great way to do that. 
I will also say they are a great way to experiment with what you might enjoy teaching and what your audience might enjoy learning about. So if you're still trying to figure out what you want to focus your business on or what your audience really needs, doing these different workshops can be a great way to experiment. I know that in the workshop I did, I ended up finding so many different layers of things that I could dive deeper on just from doing that workshop because I really believe people will always let you know exactly what they want. You just have to pay attention. All right, so you know I love a good step-by-step, and this episode is no different. (laughs) So when it comes to pivoting, here are five things to keep in mind. We're going to go through these pretty quickly. Number one, if you're pivoting from one field to a completely unrelated one, I want you to first think about what you actually want and why you want it. Because you're about to put a lot of time and energy into making something out of nothing, so you want to be sure that it's something you actually want to do, not just something you feel like you should do. I suggest grabbing pen and paper and brainstorming why you want a career change and what you want out of it. For example, are you looking for more meaning? Do you want to make more money? Do you want a way to help other people? Who do you want to help? Go off first instinct here. Do not overthink it. Just write it down. There are no wrong answers. Then take what you wrote and narrow it down even more to just three to five areas that you'd like to explore. Start to ask around and get insight into what a career in that field would look like. For instance, if you're thinking that you want to be a wedding photographer, talk to a wedding photographer who's doing it full time. Get a sense of what their day looks like, what they like, what they don't like. Maybe what they don't like is something you really love, but maybe something they love is something you won't like. The only way you know is to talk to a couple different people who are doing what you want to do and start to figure out if this is something you can really see yourself in. Now, don't get stuck at the research phase. I know we talk about this a lot. But I know how tempting it is to get stuck just sort of researching instead of doing. So I want you to put a cap on this. Yes, do your research. Yes, talk to people who have done it, but make it a limit. You know, you're only going to talk to, say, three people. And then if you're still curious, you're going to grab a camera and you're going to go out and start shooting or whatever it is that you're doing. Just make sure that there's a lot of action tied into your research, because as you know, the only way to really figure out if you like something, if you're good at it, if it's something you want to do is to get out there and do it. Number two, think about what you want right now and what your audience wants right now and see how it aligns. Now notice, I didn't say what does your audience need, I said what do they want? Because the two are often not the same. For instance, in my field, the musicians I work with, what they usually need is a sense of organization and to keep themselves on track with doing all those little things every day that aren't really fun but are necessary to move their career forward, like posting on social media, or making time to come up with clever marketing campaigns. But what they want is a manager to do all that for them. And so I have to find a way where I can meet them where they're at and say, hey, I know you want a manager right now, but in order to get a manager, here's the things that you really need to do. So if you do, you know, X, Y, Z, then you're going to attract a manager and so on and so forth. So Just think about what it is they really want and how you can give them a little bit of what they want, sort of attract them with that, and then give them what they need. Number three, pull your audience. So if you have an existing audience, this is easy. You know, just do it anywhere from a Facebook group, IG stories, privately in messages. 
But if you don't have an existing audience, that is okay. There are plenty of other ways to get in front of people. One of my favorite ways is Facebook groups. You'll hear me talk about them a lot. I think they're really a completely untapped resource for just about everybody. I don't think people are taking advantage of them, and I think they are a goldmine of information. But if you don't have an existing audience already, or even if you do, I would take the time to scour these Facebook groups that are in your niche, in your industry, and see what you can learn from all these different comments and threads. And maybe even if it's allowed, you know, maybe you do a poll if that group is full of your ideal audience. Maybe you do a poll. Maybe you reach out to the moderator, see if you can do a Facebook Live teaching on what you know. Then you get a sense of their questions, their needs, their desires, and so on. There's so much you can get from researching Facebook groups. I definitely recommend searching the sidebar for things like, can anyone help with? Or does anyone know? And then I would also take it a step further and maybe reach out to the moderator, see if it's okay to do a poll or to do a Facebook Live where you do a 20-minute teaching and then take questions at the end. And that helps you get in front of new people, and it also helps you get a sense of where they're at and what their needs and wants are. Just remember, it's important to really focus only on what your ideal customer is saying. I know it's really easy to get lost in the noise of everything and be like, oh, but Sally said this and Josephine said this. But if Sally and Josephine aren't actually your ideal clients, it doesn't really matter what they said. So put on blinders with this and just make sure you're focusing only on what your ideal client is saying. Number four experiment. You know this is one of my favorite things. It's just to play and have fun and experiment, and I am all about just rapidly experimenting. For instance, if you're stuck on not knowing what kind of freebie to offer, put out a couple of them, put $5 of ads behind each of them, and see which one performs the best. Don't spend a ton of time overthinking it. Just put things out there, see what works, and go from there. I totally get the temptation to research and research and to make sure that everything is perfect before you put it out into the world, but the truth is nobody is paying as much attention as you think, and that is a good thing right now. That means you have plenty of room to play around with and experiment, so just do the thing, try it a couple different ways, see what sticks, and move on. Number five, don't be afraid to pivot. I know, title of the episode, right? Listen, there's a lot to be said for seeing things through and giving things time to work. If you've been trying something for a week or two and it just hasn't picked up steam yet, then maybe you just need to switch your strategy around. I'm not talking about things like that. We have to give things time to work and we have to trust that these small daily actions help propel us forward. What I'm talking about is if you're doing something and it just doesn't quite feel right or it's just you've been trying it for a couple months, it's not working or maybe just somewhere in your gut you're like, oh, I just like I don't like how this feels or I'm not enjoying doing this. That's usually a pretty good sign that we need to adjust whatever we're doing. And part of this is learning the difference between when your gut is speaking to you versus when it's fear creeping in. For now, know that if something isn't working and you just know it's not right, It is not only okay, but I would say actively encouraged to ditch that and run towards something that is working and just keep experimenting. This is all about experimenting. All of entrepreneurship is one giant experiment. There is no right or wrong. It's just trying things, seeing what works, and figuring it out as we go. I can tell you as somebody who has been doing this for six years, it is still an experiment every single day, and that keeps it fun and it keeps it light And it means that you never have to worry about making the wrong move because we're just trying things out. 
All right, so a quick recap on how you can start to pivot. Number one, brainstorm your what and your why. What do you want and why do you want to do it? Where does what you want meet with what your audience wants? This is where the magic lies, is when you can create an offer and create content that directly speaks to them and where they're at. Number three, research. My favorite thing. <laughs> Pull your audience, scour Facebook groups, get a sense of your target audience's needs and wants. Number four, experiment. Experiment with ads, experiment with different freebies, experiment with different offers. Just get out there and see what sticks. Number five, don't be afraid to shift gears. If it's not working, move on to the next thing. All right, that is a wrap for this week. I would be so grateful if you took a couple seconds to leave a review. It really, really helps get this podcast into new ears and it means the world to me. So thank you so much. I will talk to you next week and I hope you're having a good week. Bye for now.